We're in a series called, Can I Change? And last week, what we talked about was this uh, passage in Ezekiel, where he asked the question, can these dry bones live? And we talked about these different areas in our lives that maybe we've been struggling with uh, for a long, long time, or maybe it's an area in your life, uh, anger, unforgiveness, an addiction, whatever it is, where you feel like you have uh, tried before, and you've failed, and you've tried again, and you've failed, and you've tried again. Now, uh, the book that I'm t- I kind of got this idea, one of the chapters was this idea, um, the, the name of the book is uh, The Power to Change by uh, Pastor Craig Groeschel. And uh, one of the ideas behind it is what it means to try And is there a different way to look at your life and look at how uh, you want to change, how you want to grow, a different thing than try? So what I wanted to do this morning was look a little bit into Romans. There's a very famous section of scripture in Romans where the Apostle Paul, who's like super Christian, like if, if, if he were here, I'd be fired, okay? Like he's like the greatest Christian other than Jesus, Ever and uh, he uh, he planted churches, he evangelized, he healed people. He has this amazing testimony of going to persecute Jesus, and then God meets him on the road, and Jesus talks to him. Why are you, why are you messing with me? And he turns blind, and and it's just an amazing, amazing story. And he's writing to the church in Rome, and he's kind of being vulnerable with them, and he's saying, you know. I have this way I really want to live, but it's hard for me. I have things that I know I'm not supposed to do, and I do them. I know things that I'm supposed to do, and I don't do them. And so what I wanted to do is read this section of Scripture, but do it out of a translation that was written by a guy named Eugene Peterson called The Message. Uh, It's just more of a vernacular or maybe an even more poetic way to read this section of Scripture and, uh, and see what it has to say. And see if this does not sound familiar for you or for you guys watching online or uh, at home. He says this in Romans chapter 7, verse 18. I realize that I don't have what it takes. <laughs> now, this could be any area of your life. Now, uh, the book that I showed you, uh, The Power to Change and... Um, And what we're talking about today is mostly our spiritual lives. But this could apply to any part of your life. Maybe it's uh, the food you consume or some other way you're living your life where you're like, I know that what I'm doing right now does not match up to who I want to be. And uh, in in another series I preached a few years ago, we used to say it this way, no matter what you do, there will be a future you. (laughs) Like it don't matter what you do. If you do nothing, your future you will be you over five years doing nothing, okay? So it's coming. Your future you is coming. And we talked about through that series was the idea of, like, what do you want your future you telling you now? Like, hey, man, put down the donut. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, I got diabetes now. We got to stop, right? Whatever it is. Or, or you should have gone to rehab. Or why did you stay in that relationship? Look where where we are now. And so this might just sound familiar to you. I realize I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, 
but I don't really do it, right? I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. (laughs) Does this sound familiar? I mean, I, I have areas in my life where I'm like, I hate that Eugene Peterson for writing it this way. Right, Romans 7.20, my decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. Now I'm switching from the message to a different version, New American Standard. Wretched man that I am. I just kept man in there instead of man and women because I'm speaking to myself right now. Who will set me free from the body of this death? How do I get out of the cycle of trying to do good and not being able to do good? Trying not to be angry. I don't want to be angry. Ah, I just blew up. Trying to forgive. Oh, I'm forgiving. I think I'm doing well. I cannot stand that person. I hope they get arrested, right? Just all these different ways of going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. He says, who's going to, exactly, who's going to save me, set me free from the body of this death? Now listen to what he says. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now you can say, oh, I know what you're saying, John. Just give it to God. Um, Except Jesus, like, like, oh, okay, yeah, it's through Jesus. What I want to explore with you a little bit more as we shift from this to uh, a, a, a passage in 1 Corinthians is I want you to think about this a little deeper than just, oh, Jesus is the answer, or Jesus is your strength, or all those nebulous things that don't really mean anything. They sound great as Christians, right? I mean, we, we just say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, then why don't you? Either he's not strengthening you, or, or you don't know him, right? That doesn't make any sense. So what, what is it about Jesus what, what, what is it about the call to follow Jesus that might be different than what we're trying to do now? I've tried to fix it. I can't fix it. I tried to not do it. I did it. The point from that book by Craig Rochelle, The Power to Change, is stop trying. Stop trying. And start training. Now, you might think, oh, that just sounds like a gimmick. I am telling you, every area in my life where I have had victory, I've made this mental shift. Instead of trying, we train. Here's the way I say it. Jesus didn't call you to try and be a Christian. He called you to train to be a disciple. His call to you and I is follow me. It's not try to do the best you can. It's a totally different mindset. It's this idea of you're a disciple in training. Now, anytime you go into training, what's the expectation? There's going to be failure. There's going to be failure. If you go to the Olympics, right, and you watch the women's gymnastics or the men's gymnastics, That brother or sister didn't just roll out of bed and start doing backflips. They fell and fell and fell and fell. So I brought brought a little uh, 
kind of thing to look at. <clears throat> this is a, a this is an eight pound weight, I think, right? I've been going to the gym for a long time, okay? And uh, as a matter of fact, I looked it up, and in the past six and a half years, I've been to the gym 1,229 times. You're like, John, why aren't you completely yoked right now? I don't know. It's not about that, okay? So, <laughs> but when I first got there, when I first got to the gym, this would be about all I'd look at, <laughs> something like this. Nobody in that gym said, try harder. Try to go. Well, how come you can't pick up that big one? Nobody said that. The trainer didn't say that. None of the people were there because they knew their job there was not to try and pick up the heaviest weight you could pick up. That's, that's trying. Your job is to train. And so you go and you fail and you fail. See, with trying, if you try and don't make it, you what? You fail. I tried and I failed. I tried and I failed. With training, failure is embedded into the process. If you go and you never fail, you're not training. You're not, you're not, that's not training. Imagine if you were in the Olympics and you could do a cartwheel. And you're like, dude, I'm stopping with cartwheels. I can do a cartwheel perfect. No, no, try a backflip. Oh, I don't want to try a backflip. That's too hard. I might fail. And so you do this for a while. Imagine at the gym, I did this, and then I either didn't progress, or I just went to the big heavy one that I'm not going to try and pick up, because if I fail, I'm going to feel really bad. But then you go to the next one. This is a 12-pounder. I don't even know how this thing's going to hold up under there, right? And you go, and you go, and you go. As a matter of fact, while you're doing this with whatever it is, curls or overhead extensions or whatever, the idea is to do it to failure so that the next time you do it, you'll be stronger. As a matter of fact, when you start training, like when you start from the beginning, you end up worse off for the first two weeks than when you started. You get what I call exposed. <laughs> you get, and you are wrecked, and you're like, I've never gone through this, and you want to quit so bad. What's success going to the gym? Going to the gym. That's success, right? As believers, as followers of Jesus, as, as husbands, as wives, as friends, as people who are stewards of our finances, we have to stop this idea that God called us to try as hard as we can to be good Christians. Jesus did not call you to try to be a Christian. He called you to train to be a disciple. This is why what Jesus did, he shows up on the scene, right? And he comes into this religiosity that says, do not commit adultery, do not commit murder, do not lie, right? All these things. And Jesus goes, no, son, we're not starting with that. Not do not commit adultery. That's, that's, if you fail at that, you're in big trouble, right? Let's say do not look on a woman lustfully. That's where we're going to start. We're going to start here. That's training to be a disciple, not trying to be a Christian. All right? I hope that makes sense. So where do I get this from in the Bible? It's not just from reading books, although we're going to go over another book next week that you're going to love it. Okay. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9.24. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? And there you go. Oh, see? I, I knew it. 
you either win or you lose. <laughs> either you're good at being a Christian or you're bad at being a Christian. Okay? Well, if that were the case, then Paul would have said, if you can't win, don't run. That's <laughs> not what he'd say because only one gets the prize. And let me tell you something. If I got in a race and I looked down the road to see who was running, I can tell you who's going to beat me. Okay? I know it sounds judgmental, but I can usually tell. Everybody. Okay? <laughs> Everybody. Do, not, uh, do you not know that when you run in a race, but only one gets the prize? Now watch, watch, watch. Run in such a way as to get the prize, not... Run in such a way that if you fail, your heart crestfallen and you failed, and why even try again? No, 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 no. The next time you run, what do you do again? You run in such a way as to win. And the next time you run, you run in such a way as to win. So you go from the 8s to the 12s to the 20s. Now you got 20s, right? The next time you run, if this thing falls over, okay. Good. I don't know who built this table, but good job. All right. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Now watch what he says that I hope this week and moving forward gives you so much hope as you begin this journey or maybe you're halfway through this journey with Jesus or maybe you're all the way and you're just looking back and you're like, I should be farther. I should be over this. Watch what he says. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict what? Training. Not strict trying. Not, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't. Think about training. If you've ever done anything, you've ever learned an instrument, if you've ever acted or you've um, or tried to sing or you've been an athlete at some one point in your life or you're doing whatever it is, you, you, you cook or bake or what have you, you, you train for that. You try and fail and try and fail and learn and adjust and change what you're doing. And so Paul says, what about if we looked at it this way? What if we looked at your spiritual life and instead of looked at it and said, oh, you tried and failed, that's no good. You tried and failed, that's no good. What if we said, hey, let's set up a training regimen for you. Let, let, let's say, what if we did this? Instead of calling you a Christian or whatever we call you, let's call you a disciple in training. That whole shift is different. Now imagine if you do it in your, in your finances. I, I'm, not, I'm not, I mean, I struggle with my spending. I'm no good at my spending. I've never been good with money. That's my identity. No, 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 no. You're a good steward in training. We're going to work through that. We're going to set up systems for you. We're going to send up boundaries for you. We're going to look at it different. Okay, you bought those shoes on Amazon. That wasn't quite the best thing to do. So how would you now, having run the race and you didn't win, okay, how would you run the race again? What training would you get in? What systems would you get into place that would help? This is a radically different way of looking at your spiritual life. You say, man, I don't feel that close to Jesus. Well, what's your training regimen? Uh-oh. <laughs> right? Are you spending time in the morning with him? Yeah, but, man, I, I, I know people, they spend a half an hour in the morning with him. And I just, I just can't do that. I can't wake up and my life is so busy. And Okay, okay. Ooh, that was bad. Can you, spend, can you spend two minutes with him? Two. 
Well, yeah, but John, that's not, that's not lifting. That's not a half an hour. That's, no, it's not. I didn't ask you to do a half an hour. As a matter of fact, nobody asked you to do a half an hour. Can you do two minutes with him every single morning? Can you, maybe when you're done with two minutes, maybe it goes to five minutes. And you're like, oh yeah, I remember, I remember I could only spend two minutes with him. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to read. But now I spend five, five minutes with him every morning. You're training. You're training. All of a sudden you're up to 15 minutes, right? And, and you crush your glasses, right? <laughs> you go into strict training. Now watch, here's the thing. This isn't just about eating too many donuts and having all this. Watch what he says. They do it to get a, a, a crown that will not last. What he's talking about here is in Corinth, there was, they had the Olympics in Greece every four years. And uh, in Corinth, they had this thing called the Isthmian Games. And they were every two years. And so you, you, you had all these different things, a lot of things like we have in the Olympics, although in those games they ran naked. Don't want to get into all the details, but they just wanted it to be its purest form, right? So, like, it wasn't like something wacky, although it kind of was. And then the other thing that I just wanted to mention real quick, if you do run a race with some other dudes and you're all naked, be in first place, okay? <laughs> That's just a pro tip from your pastor, okay, right? So they're in these games, and they would get this, this wreath. This, this, this pine wreath, right? Well, that thing is going to die. And so what Paul's doing is trying to express to these people, look, we, we, we go after these things that ultimately don't mean anything. If you're a follower of Jesus, th this is the wreath that matters for everything. We do it to get a crown that will last forever. That is not talking about salvation. And the reason I know that is because later he talks about not wanting to be disqualified. And it, Paul, Paul wasn't going to lose his salvation. He's talking about not getting everything you can possibly get out of following Jesus. You go into strict training. You figure out what your regimen is. We'll see this in a little bit. So he says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. That, that describes so many followers of Jesus that I know. There's just no plan. There's nothing. It's just sin management. Oh, I, wanna, I don't want to look at porn. Oh, I looked at porn. Oh, man, I'm worthless. Okay, do you even have a system for that? Do you even have anything? That, what are your goals? Where are you going with that? Why? What, all these things you do in any other discipline, you would go into strict training. If I wanted to be a scholar like uh, Pastor Reed is here, Dr. Metcalf, right? Where do I start? I start in Bible 101 <laughs> before I get to New Testament Greek expositions, right? You start at 101 and then you move on. Does Dr. Metcalf, if he saw you just crack open your Bible and you started in John, would he just go, ha, ha, you, you don't know anything. You're stupid. I know Greek. No. What would he do? That's where you start. Good job. I don't care where. I try to explain this to people all the time. I don't care where you are in your relationship with Jesus. I do not care. If you're living in sin, all this stuff, I don't care. I want to know your next step. 
I want to see you growing out of all that stuff. The Bible says it this way in Hebrews. Let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let's run with endurance the race set before us. I don't run aimlessly. Just running around like, oh, I guess I'll go to church this Sunday. I don't know. what. I mean, when's the game on? That's, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to, oh, I'll give every time I have a few dollars. That's dumb. I'll serve when I get time once, you know, soccer season's over. Like, what plan is that? This is why so many of us are stuck. We're running aimlessly. We're just doing it the way we think it should be done. Find a person who's trained spiritually and do what they do. That's what the gym is for physically. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Oh, just going like this, going like that. Where's the opponent? Oh, the opponent's my finances. The opponent's how I use my time. The opponent's uh, how I medicate. Well, then punch it in the face. Like figure out a plan to beat that opponent. You don't just run around and just swinging around and everything. That's how people around you get hit, okay? You don't do that. So I'm going to just take a little break here so that when you think about how you're going to move forward in your life, in your spirituality, and what your plan is, I'm going to give you two things that are necessities for your training plan for becoming closer to Jesus. And there's there's this. Training, training requires two things. It requires a little bit more, you know, you'd think discipline, you know, commitment, all those things. Okay, it, it requires investment, okay? It requires investment. Anyone who's excellent at anything has laid out an incredible amount of investment in your time, in your talents, and in your treasure. It involves investment, okay? Uh, I am not a good work, woodworker, but I am a good woodworker in training, okay? This is why when I fail, I call it, I went to class. That's what I call it. I don't call it failure. I call it well, I went to a router bit class today, and I learned that uh, you can't, uh, you know, anyway, but uh, an investment, right? So all my tools that I'm buying are an investment into me being a woodworker in training, okay? Uh, for many of you know, um, one of the big examples for me in this trying versus training is for the last six years, I've tried to learn Spanish, right? I've tried to learn Spanish, and I think of myself as a complete, what, failure. Yeah, you guys didn't want to say failure because you were scared that I was going to feel bad. I already feel bad. Okay, so, so I'm like, six years, man, I should be farther. I should be farther. So this week, I decided I'm going to commit to you that I'm going to start thinking of myself like this. Why am I learning Spanish in the first place? The reason I'm learning Spanish is because I want to be a person involved in cultural reconciliation. I want to be a person that's part of a solution rather than part of division. And th that's why I want to learn Spanish. My goals are to one day preach a sermon entirely in Spanish and one to uh, be able to translate for anyone who doesn't know either language to be able to translate and bring that to you. So what I am. I'm not a failure at Spanish. I am a cultural reconciliator in training. Okay? Now, I can only lift this so far. Hola. 
Lo siento. That's all I know, okay? So, so that, that might be all where, where I'm at now. I'm probably at the, I'm prob- no, I'm pretty much here. So, uh, but now think about the shift, though. I know this is fun and a joke. Think about the shift, though, if you did this in your marriage. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't have a good marriage. Our marriage is failing. No, no, no. You have a great marriage in training. I'm not a good parent. I, 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 I lack self-control. No, 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 no. You are a controlled parent in training. Oh, I get so angry so fast. I'm an angry person. You are not an angry person. You are a calm person in training. You see the shift? Jesus did not call you to try to be a good Christian. He called you to train to be a disciple. So for Spanish, it's fun and yay, and hopefully someday I'll I'll be able to check out at the grocery store, whatever. But for my marriage, for my friendships, oh, I'm not good with money. No, no, no. You're a financial steward in training. Okay. So you need investment. Everything you do, if, a, if any of you are a runner, like you say, look, I, I run, I promise you your shoes aren't 20 bucks. <laughs> you bought expensive shoes, right? If you do anything, if you're a musician, that guitar, it didn't, didn't cost you $100. You didn't get it at the Walmart, okay? So an investment. This is also true in your spiritual life. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you money. Get a good study Bible. Oh, they're 60 bucks. Okay. Like, like invest in giving. Oh, John, you're just saying that because you're the pastor and that's how the church makes money. That's just a dumb response. It, this is like a key part of, of becoming spiritually mature. Sacrificial, intentional uh, giving that you give every whatever month or week or whatever. Do something. It's going to cost you something. Your time. We just talked about needing ch- kids and children's ministry. Whatever, whatever it is. Just showing up to church. Like, can you start there? Just every, every Sunday, I'm making a commitment to be in community, whether it's at church or in men's group, women's group, small group, whatever. But every single week, every strong believer I know does this. Where can I do it? Okay, investment. The next one is assessment. Are you looking at what works and what doesn't work? One of the important things about going to the gym is that you have, usually you have a trainer there or somebody there uh, that says, um, you know, uh, hey, your form's wrong. Or you say, hey, I hurt my back. Like, what, like you're assessing. So like maybe when I got there, you know, in year one, this was all I was doing, but I keep track and I go, oh, man, in year two, I'm doing this. It's working. Year three, I'm doing this. It's working. You're assessing. Do you ever assess your spiritual life? Like, how's it going? Like, what am I doing? Am I investing enough? How is it working out? How are the things I'm doing working out for me? You have to have investment and you have to have assessment. You got to have people in your life going, bro, I've noticed this thing in you, man. It's time for you to be done with this. It's time for you to move on with this. You can't be doing this. You can't be lifting this same thing, being a Christian all this time, and you haven't moved on. You need to be assessed. I need to be assessed. Investment and assessment. Okay, so here he goes. So here's what he says then. Uh, he goes, I, I don't run aimlessly. I don't, 
fox like just beating the air, that I strike a blow to my body. This is the investment, and I make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others, I myself would not be disqualified for the prize. What's the prize? Heaven? No. Paul's not worried about not going to heaven. He's worried about missing out, that he would follow Jesus for all these years, and this is all he's still doing. He misses out on peace and joy and patience. You're not a Christian. You are a disciple in training. And it requires not just trying, but going, okay, what's my routine? What's my regiment? And then finally, I, I didn't, see, I feel bad for the people on the, just imagine a big weight down there, okay, if you can't, if you can't see it. Just stop it. <laughs> now watch, watch, what, happen, watch what happens. Uh, we're going to switch to Timothy because now, now, now Paul is taking this, what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians, he's taking it and he's, he's pointing at a dude, okay? So I'm just going to point to you individually, okay? I want you to listen to this and think about how this week you're going to begin training. I'm not a patient person. Oh, you're a patient person in training. You, you get, as long as you're just move, progressing along, no one's laughing at you that you weren't patient right then because we all know what it, how hard it is to be patient. Angry person, whatever. Here's what he says. He says, First Timothy, on the other hand, so in other words, the verse before this, it was just like, hey, don't waste your time with nonsense. Stories fit for old women, he says, you know. Cable news, right? Don't waste your time with all that stuff. Don't waste your time with what's going on in places that you have nothing to do with, that you can't change. Don't waste your time on stories about people and, and actors and all this nonsense. Don't waste your time with that. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Discipline yourself. Discipline is not trying. It's training. When I discipline myself, I'm not trying. Now, I will try and fail to do my training, but I'm not just trying. And watch what he says. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is of little profit. In other words, it has some profit. You know, you lose some weight. You, you know, you, you get the joints moving. You, okay, that's good. That's good. But godliness is profitable for all Things, every area of your life is touched when you engage in training to be a disciple. Your marriage gets better, or at least you can assess your marriage better. Your relationship at work gets better, or at least you can assess what your contribution to the problem is. Your finances get better, or at least you can assess what God am I following? Is it just consumerism? Like, what is it? You, 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 you might not become less anxious right away, right? But as you begin your training regimen, you begin to see that your anxiety is not as bad as it was, and you can actually handle more, that the little things don't just send you off. Godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life, and also for the life to come. Yes, at the end of the road, you get to follow Jesus in all of eternity. 
but it holds promise for the present life. As the worship team comes back up, listen to this. It's a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance. This is Paul talking to Timothy. This is his way of going, you better listen up. <laughs> or this would be my way, if I were talking to Timothy, I'd say, Timothy, I'm not playing right now. That's what I'd say. I'm not playing right now. This is, a, this is a serious thing. What is this? For this is, we, uh, for it is, for this we labor and strive because we have fixed our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially for believers. Paul is saying, you gotta get into training, man. You can't just go through life doing the minimum and then going, man, I can't lift anything. I can't do anything. Well, how, how often are you in the Word? How, I mean, there is so many ways to have, buy, there's a, you know, you got the version Bible app. You can have an app on your phone that has flipping 12 different, like, interpretations and all this stuff. You got study Bibles that'll teach you everything. Like, there's so much, it's almost too much. But can you, can you just start? So here are the different areas I'd start with. As Jesus didn't call you to try to be a Christian, he called you to train to be a disciple. So, you know, like if you go to the gym, you got your, uh, you know, you're eating, eating right, you know, right? You got your cardio, you got your, um, uh, your strength training, all this kind of stuff. Here's, here's what I would say. To start your regimen. One, daily time with Jesus. There's apps for it. There's a, and do not get hung up on how long it is. Just get into the get to the gym. That's all. That's all it is. Just walk through the front door. We're going to talk a little bit about this next week. Daily time with Jesus. Praying. Just asking. Daily time in the Word. There's all sorts of stuff out there on how to go through it, what to go through, all that. Some type of financial giving. If you're like, John, you're doing this for the church, then give somewhere else. I don't care, but get that into your routine. Every strong believer I have ever met in my life has that discipline uh, in them. Fourth is to serve. Serve somewhere. I don't, a soup kitchen, it doesn't, anywhere. Just find a place to serve. And number five, get into community get into community. Those are not in order, by the way. Those are just five off the top of my head. Figure out those five. You say, what, what would community look like? Maybe it's just calling another Christian on a Thursday for half an hour going, let me tell you what I've learned. That's it for now. That's a good, that's a good way to start. You might want to go to uh, men's ministry on Tuesday night. Heck yeah, baby! That's a dog skin. Right? Right? Get into a small group, right? But something. We're going to take communion right now. And here's what I want. Here's the way I want you to think about it. Anytime you go to a gym, you have to sign a document. Okay? Usually it's a release of liability. A lot of times it's like the different, you know, rules and regulations if you sign a document. Every time we take communion, what we're saying to God is, we're saying to Jesus is, Jesus, I'm joining your discipleship program. I'm a, I'm a part of the community of what you called me to be. Jesus said, on the night that he was betrayed, he took 
the, the, the cup and he said, this is my blood which has been poured out for the remission of sins. Any time you take and drink of this, remember me. Remember what I've called you to do. Remember this discipleship program that you have signed up to. In the same way he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it. He said, you want to be a part of this? You want to be a part of this? You don't have to know everything right away, but if you want to be a part of this, take and eat, take and drink, and you say, you know what? I'm ready to be a disciple. So we have the communion set up here on the edges, and uh, uh, Tanner and the band is going to play another song. You can just come take it. Some people kneel at the stage. Other people take it back to their chair. And if you're, if you're like, John, I, I'm not ready to join this team. I just, I'm a visitor. I don't even know about the Bible. That's fine. Or maybe you're like, gee, I don't know all the rules and regulations, and I, I don't know everything, but I think this is something I want to sign up for. Then join us. It's an open table. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you that you don't call us to be perfect. You don't call us to be, you just say follow, just follow. As we think of all the disciples' mistakes, all their denials, Trails and lack of faith and all the ways they fail. You just said, follow me, follow me. Hey, you got a little faith there. Why don't you try it a little more next time? So Lord, we thank you for that. We pray for those that are taking communion this morning. You would fill them with a sense of hope as they begin this new journey of training. Pray they'd be encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and stand for the blessing. Let me tell you what's going to happen.